Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Platinum Award-winning singer and lyricist Mark Winkler and Grammy-nominated pianist and composer David Benoit on their newest 2021 CD called Old Friends. We caught up with them during the COVID-19 pandemic to discuss music, their lives lately, their return to live music, and so much more about their essence and their long friendship. Enjoy. Gentlemen, thank you for taking a minute out from Neon Jazz. It's a pleasure and it's an honor to speak with both of you. Thanks, Joe. Oh, my pleasure. Let's start off here, and I, I'm going to be hyper-specific. You, you've had prolific storied careers in jazz, but I really want to focus on you two and this very strange time on planet Earth with the pandemic <laughs> and all the other things that America has its ability to throw into the kitchen sink. So let's start off with, when, when all this began, I thought, man, this is a weird time to release an album. You can't tour live. But I'm starting to think the longer we go into this and we have a new calendar year, this has to be maybe a comforting thing to be able to get material out and put it into people's hands. What are your thoughts on that? Well, well, there wouldn't have been an album probably without the uh, epidemic because it started uh, like a week before the lockdown happened in March. David, was uh, his Japanese tour had been canceled, and he was home alone. His wife, Kay, had already gone to Japan to meet him, so he was home alone. He called me up and said, um, I'm, I'd love to cook dinner. Do you want to come over? And I said, sure. And I brought my boyfriend, Michael, over. And we had a, David's a really good cook. We had a wonderful dinner. And then we went over to the piano afterwards and started singing. And somewhere in the middle of Shadow of Your Smile, David looked at me and said, why don't we do an album? <laughs> and then uh, I would never have gotten so many rehearsals with him if it hadn't been for the pandemic because he's on the road all the time. <laughs> That pandemic was kind of a, a mixed blessing in that sense. <laughs> Which is what I'm discovering of, with a lot of things. And I think it's pushing musicians to be more producers and to be more aggregators of their own reality. Are you seeing kind of a positive mutation of this pandemic on musicians in the world of jazz? Well, I think it's, it's yes, I, I, I think there's more. My, my radio promoter tells me that he's never had so many uh, CDs come his way. So a lot of people have been making CDs, but uh, in David's case, and David can talk about this, you know, his whole touring schedule last year got canceled. And, and um, Mark had an interesting point uh, in preparing for uh, the record we did together. Uh, yeah, I, I usually am pretty busy uh, touring and, and doing all sorts of things. And plus, I'm, I'm not a guy who likes to rehearse in, the, in any way. I'm, <laughs> I'm one that just, <laughs> I like to go in the studio and figure it out, you know, so... That sometimes works for me, sometimes it hasn't. But in this case, it was like, well, I'm looking at my calendar. Why not? So we uh, uh, got together several times. Every time we got together, it was so much fun because we, we would spend a good portion of our getting together just telling stories over a sandwich or dinner or a glass of wine. You know, So uh, we had several of those occasions, and it was a chance for us to just explore standards and try new keys and it, it was really a, a nice process I, I and so by the time we went into the studio we were very very prepared it was very relaxed it was and I can remember so many sessions where we're just on the seat of our pants trying to figure it out and this was so mellow because everybody kind of knew what to do and we even had a which is unheard of an actual rehearsal for the recording session. Uh, <laughs> Mark, thank you for that. So thank you. Uh, I, it I, it was such a nice experience to come in the studio being so prepared and relaxed. I heard that from another musician this week that mentioned that they never had time to get to know their bandmates, never really got to sit down and get to know them as humans. 
And I think I've been hearing this kind of reverberate more lately than anything else, that this is giving people more of a relaxed notion and giving them time to, like, actually know each other without running around like crazy all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's the good side of it. But the bad side of it is it's harder to make money. It's one a very big (laughs) revenue source is not there. So that's the negative side. I guess. Tops and rainbows. Exactly. No, none of this is, and the whole world's going through this kind of traumatic right. experience together. It's like, I guess my question to you is this. As, as we get into a new year, I think there was kind of this notion that there was going to be this magic unicorn that was going to touch 2021, and we're going to have all of this newness. <laughs> but there's been a lot of really good things that have happened. So my question to you, two very seasoned performers that are, that are very attuned to the live world, what are you seeing as kind of the snowball, so to speak, builds up as we go through this year where you're going to be in a point where you're going to be performing and people are going to be out and life is going to come back, so to speak. As someone that's made their living touring uh, and and that touring has, you know, of course I miss the income. Um, At my age, I'm lucky that, uh, you know, I have some fixed income coming out and and so we're we're okay. But uh, a lot of it has to do with, you know, you get used to touring, and that's a routine. So when that's cut off and all of a sudden it stops, I mean, I have dreams every single night. I'm in Indonesia. I'm in some state. I'm on the road. I'm at the sound check. It's such a part of our lives that when it – and, and it was so abrupt. In March of mm-hmm. last year, it just ended, and I've never experienced anything like it. My, my poor manager, I was one of several clients he had to call and say, everything is canceled. And it's, it, it was just uh, jarring. So I, I have to admit, part of me feels like I don't know if it is coming back. I mean, I think it is, but I feel like I don't want to get my ex- – it's like when four restaurants tried to open and they close again and then they open. You yeah. Like, you don't want to get your expectations up. We just – the truth is we don't know. And you're right. Uh, 2021, it's not a magic bullet. It's not like all of a sudden it's all back. No, it's – we're, we've got a ways to go, that's for sure. I, I was a little bit luckier because I uh, I do a lot of teaching, and so um, I I just switched over to online classes. And actually, I was teaching my behind off this year because uh, some of the teachers didn't want to do the online stuff, and I I did. So I, I've been working pretty hard online and and doing my songwriting, and uh, you know I, I from home so. Uh, and and then the, I had some really good performances this year that got last year that got canceled, which was was upsetting to me. But um, David David tours a lot more than I do, and uh, you know. But I never would have gotten him. We never would have done this record, and it wouldn't have come out so great. Uh, you know, we really just uh, crafted it, and and we just had a great time laughing and uh, getting to know each other <laughs> right. even more. You know, so uh, that that's the positive side, and. Uh, you know, it's been a lot of the, the, making the record was a blast. It was a highlight for me of last year. You know, you were talking about being have dreams, and you're in other areas. Are there like memories, magic moments from the stage that are coming into your head that are really kind of fueling you and helping you through this absence of live music that you think about? And you're like, man, that was perfect. That was beautiful. One and one point I was going to make on the positive side, because again, you know. The, the the negative part of me, the the very cautious side of saying, well, I I don't know what exactly is coming back, and uh, if I'm going to be included on that coming back. But on the positive side, I do think 
a lot of people are very restless and very anxious to hear live music. And then when it yeah. does come back, uh, there could be a flood of people, just like it could be a flood of offers. It's, it's very possible. It's like all of a sudden there could be a little mini renaissance uh, because people have been cooped up. And I know it's, it's just strictly as a listener, we, we got used to just going over to Vibrato or, or Catalina's or the Big Potato to hear jazz, even though we're way out in the suburbs. Uh, we would go out there to just to have a little dinner, hear some live music, and I I just miss that terribly. And of course, Mark, yeah. you're you're right, the epicenter. You're out in the valley, where yeah. all the clubs. I would go out like three times yeah. a week. You know, I, I'm I'm really yeah. a member of the uh, singer community of Los Angeles, which is really a very nice community of people. And I would go out three times a week at least and see my friends perform, and they'd come to see me. So I really miss that that social aspect, yeah. and it was fun. It's funny, Mark, yeah. if I can add to that. You know, you know, I used to live in Studio City myself years ago. In fact, when I met you, I was still in Studio City. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing I, I miss about Studio City is that we, I used to, exact same thing. The baked potato was, was two minutes from my right. house in the sound room and Dante's and all the great jazz clubs were out there. And, uh, yeah, you know, three nights a week, absolutely. And so this is and, and and also it's part of this community of musicians that you're, you go to the baked potato and you see so and so did a record date for this person or a TV film and you're, you're have you have this community that you're in touch with and and, and now the only community is like on Facebook or it, it, interesting to see how many studio musicians are on Facebook to talk about the old days. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's wild. You know, during this time, too, it's been a real mirror for a lot of people. There's been a lot of reflective moments we all kind of look within. So I'm going to ask each of you respectively this question. If you have a dream tonight and you run into your younger self right before you go professional and you really start getting at it, what advice would you give your younger self if you could give yourself one piece? Mark, you want to go first? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'll go first. You know, it's so funny you asked me this question because I thought about it yesterday. I thought about this exact thing. Um, and what I would tell my younger self is don't sweat it, that uh, it, it's not going to come exactly the way you thought it was going to happen, but you're going to have a really great life. And, um, you know, it gets better. You know, uh, uh, you know I would have told myself to relax a little bit because I was so ambitious and so um, wrought, overwrought about making it that I, I didn't enjoy myself as much as uh, I could have you know, in the early years because I didn't know if I was going to, if it was going to happen the way I wanted it or not, you know, and, uh, and I would, so I would tell my younger self, relax. That, <laughs> Beautiful. That's me. Um, <laughs> in my case, I would tell my younger self, you know, be a little more prepared. Go back to music school. <laughs> yeah, it's really true. If I could Interesting. think back, in a way I was like Mark, I was extremely ambitious, but I had this mm-hmm. hood spot that, I could just do anything, and I, 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 I've arrived. I'm here, baby. You know, I come into a recording session, and I get a difficult piece of music, and I couldn't sight read it, and it was really rough. So I uh, got into a lot of situations that I thought I could handle, and I couldn't. And I, I guess if there's one thing I would, in looking back now, and, and it does kind of come back to what we talked about with Mark's album, you know, the incredible amount of preparation that we did for that record, and I really see... I never saw it when I was a kid. You know, I never thought preparation was that important. It's just jump in, man, and feel it and go for it. And and so I really have a different perspective now on, on the importance of preparation. You know, the, the 
preparation meeting opportunities, the definition of its success, and I've had a lot of, mm -hmm. of opportunity. I'm very lucky. So I just wish I'd been a little more prepared in certain situations than I, now that I look back. When we do get back in earnest and mm -hmm. you're back on stage and we're, we're in the audience, what do you hope we realize about this absence of live music? What silver linings do you hope we get from this time away? If I can jump in on that, I hope that audiences that listen to jazz will realize how good they had it. And mm -hmm. there'll be a new level of appreciation. I've seen posts on Facebook like this. Number one, stop talking. Don't, when the performer, I, even if it's, there's, in, in all due respect to Mark, if there's not a singer on stage, if it's just a piano trio, sit and listen. It's mm -hmm. not a chance for you to, to have a drink and talk to your buddies. I, I've dealt with that my whole career. You know, you, you play a really nice jazz club, and then there's a few idiots sitting ringside that are just talking through the whole set. I just yeah. hope that, that people will realize, wow, now that it's taken away, how good they had it. This is, this is live music. This is so important. And, and you cherish it a little more. And, you, you know, you go to Japan, and you never hear a word uh, until the applause. And, and so there's a yeah. tremendous respect for jazz. And I think that's true in Europe, too. And I just hope in this country we really, uh, you know, respect the form and, and say, wow, we didn't know how good we had it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. I wrote a song about it, uh, Joe. It's called Somewhere in Brazil. <laughs> in the valley, and it's about this singer singing while everybody's talking, and, and the pina colada machine is going on in the background. Ah. <laughs> it, 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 it drives me crazy, too. You know, there's, oh, a yeah, in, there's a club in L.A., which I'm not going to mention the name of, and it's a wonderful club, but the audience talks when the, when, the, when the performers are on stage. And I was once going to see a friend of mine uh, many times, and I would sit at this table and people around me would be talking, I'd go, hey, these are, this is my friend, I really want to hear them. And they'd go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd be quiet for about one minute, then they'd start talking again. It was like, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> you know, it, drive, it drives me crazy. And I get, I'm one of these people that I actually get nasty to people, you know. I hope somebody doesn't shoot me, <laughs> but, I, but I really get nasty. I really hate it yeah. when people talk. It's yeah. the worst. Yeah. I hate that. Every jazz yeah. performer does. It's just, uh, yeah, awful. I hope that that's gonna that that may be something that that may be a silver lining in all this that uh, that changes. Let's hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. without a doubt. I, I know I know our time here is 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 limited, but I just want I have one question here that's almost ten and one, and I want to ask each of you this. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your fans, that you are living your life. Who do you think you are, <laughs> Mark? <laughs> yeah, you know, Joe, you've asked I may be the wrong person or the right person, but, you know, I'm old enough to know who I am. And one of the nice things about working with David on this record is I got a chance to sort of explore more of me because David and I both share so many things and we share the love of these composers that we sang their songs. We love uh, Henry Mancini, and we love Johnny Mandel, and we love Burt, Burt Bacharach and Randy Newman. And David and I got a chance to really be ourselves. We weren't worried about being jazz, being smooth jazz, being pop. We just played the music and, and explored the songs of the music that we loved. And so I'm at the age, and I think David's at the age where we, we go, you know, this is who I am. I know what I am as a singer. 
I know I love Bob DeRoe and can sing jazzy little up tunes, but I also love the ballads like, you know, The Shadow of Your Smile and Leonard Bernstein. So I have the guts now to just do the stuff I really love to do. And that's what this album really, that's why I love this album so much, is it because it really shows a side of David that I don't think a lot of people have seen. It It's a very sensitive side. Not that his, his albums are wonderfully sensitive, but I think we're both sort of like at the age where we just know who we are and we're, we get, we've gotten a chance to do it on this record. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree too. And, and I, I guess who I thought I was and who I am, I've become to realize maybe two different things, but uh, mm. I, I did really believe when I was young, I was the next Leonard Bernstein. I was going to be the one I was going to be John Williams or Andre Previn. My dream mm-hmm. was to, write film scores and conduct orchestras. That's really what I wanted to do. And jazz piano was just going to be like John Williams. It was just something I did when I was a kid. And then I'd eventually score the big motion pictures. And then I'd go on to conduct the London Symphony and, 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 you know, have a few podium positions around the country. I had that idea that that was what I was going to be. And then reality set in. And, and, and certainly uh, I, I've had to accept, hey, okay, I'm, I'm not uh, – uh, I'm not Tamir Handelman. I, I'm not Josh Nelson. I'm David Benoit, and I have my own sound, and I kind of like it. I, I like my sound. <laughs> I, I, mm-hmm. I was talking to Mike Lang about that, who, who played on 2,000 recordings, the top studio musician. He said, I've just decided finally I like the way I play the piano. And it, it's, it, and it was like when I was listening back to the playbacks at Tally's place, yeah, I, I like the way I'm playing. I, I like the way I'm approaching the instrument. I don't care if I don't have a million chops or I... I can't play uh, giant steps backwards and forwards and five four in the key of E or whatever it is. Uh, you know, I I like the way I play, and, and it's going to work. It's like what you were saying. It's the same thing. We come to that point in our lives. Screw it. What people, think, yeah, you know, or, uh, yeah, we, we start to be comfortable in our own skin. I guess <laughs> that that's beautiful. Sense? Yeah, both, yeah, both of those so are totally deep. Yeah, totally, Pete. Well, the thing I want to say, one of the interesting things about David and me is we've been friends for 37 years. And, um, you know, in old some friends. ways, old friends, we seem like we're different. But David and I are very similar in a lot of ways. Our families sort of overlap the way we were as young men. Uh, we definitely grew up in the same period of time of music. So David and I sort of, when you're talking, David, it's sort of like I'm talking. So we, we share, we have, we're dissimilar and, you know, he's a, he's a Manhattan beach guy. I'm sort of a city guy, uh, but, you know, but there's differences, but there's a lot of similarities, you know? So, um, yeah. this, this album, you know, it's really, an, it, it's, it's really one plus one equals four, this album. It really <laughs> took me to a place that I didn't know I could go because David and I were so comfortable with each other. And David, first of all, David is a fantastic arranger, fantastic piano player. I love his piano playing, never didn't love it. I always thought he was great. We're good together. You know, that that's the funny thing is we're actually really good together. And some of the things yeah. I've done on this record, I, I just love. Thanks. I agree, all the above, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I can, I, I can tell the chemistry. I mean, it, it's been very... It's been a it's been a relatively short conversation, but I can I can tell that there's the the chemistry. So I'm really looking forward to spinning this on the program. Thank you for being so gracious with your time and talking with me here at Neon Jazz. I appreciate sure. it. Sure. 
Thanks a lot, Thank Joe. You. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview. We give you a bit of insight into the finest cats in Los Angeles, New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to both Mark and David for their time, class, and cool. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Everything. I've got everything I need. Neon Jazz.